Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshaw, to discuss all the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by football writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshaw. Morning, Leon. Good morning, Mark. Morning. Right, uh, let's kick this week off by turning our attention firstly to Leeds United, who, after their last gasp victory against Norwich City, uh, the Whites followed it up with another dramatic come-from-behind victory against Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, which ended 3-2. This now leaves them seven points above the drop zone. How useful uh, do you think this result will be as they head into the international break, Leon? Yeah, I mean, if you look at you look at sort of Leeds' season as a, as a whole, it's obviously been... Difficult, dis- dispiriting, and um, and worrying at times, really, hasn't it? But you know, to have if you look at earlier in the season, the one certain games that you know the, you sort of felt they had to the the one you know the game against Burnley, for instance, the one at Norwich, got that um, narrow victory against Watford as well. So you know, when you're down at the the bottom and you're struggling, that's that's encouraging. But you just you also need those probably what you call bonus ball wins if you, if you like and you know Leeds got one against against West Ham early earlier in the year I, I don't think many people expected that you know given you know a lot of the issues that we've we've, we've talked about regularly regarding injuries and the like and it's a little bit similar going into into the Wolves game I mean Wolves have had a bit of a slow start under under the uh, the, the manager there but the, you know it's really come together for them and the you know on the day the the, the one of the you know the the best eye catching sides in in the division, and you know there was mass relief after after Norwich. The drama that game absolutely incredible. You know, huge three points, and you know a game that'll be remembered for years to come. But you know, it really seems to be that Leeds these games at the minute must arrive with a bit of a with a bit of a health warning because obviously the, the drama at, at Molyneux was was in, incredible, and yeah, another huge psychological Philip going into the international break. Obviously, the first two games for 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 Jesse Marsh, you know, slightly unlucky at Leicester. Some 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 decent decent play created a fair few chances, but edged out. The Villa game was a real um, a real eye opener and, and punching the stomach. Obviously, Leeds looked looked bang in trouble after that game, but they've summoned up. You know, the reservoirs of character they've kept going. They've, they've come together. It's obviously you, you can see in his. In his body language and the way he speaks to the press, that you know he's he's very keen on that that um, that togetherness and positivity and, and unity. And yeah, two huge moments in in Leeds' season, back to back wins for the I think the first time since since January. But they've they're in a good place. But I, I still think there's a little bit more to to do yet. I mean, if there's a little little bit of a warning. You know, after the the wins against Burnley and and West Ham earlier in the year, there was a little bit of a feeling that Leeds were out of the woods. 
then they lost um, they lost a, in a big game at home to Newcastle you know and soon after that they uh, obviously got beat at another rival in Everton and then the form seemed to un, you know unravel for for a spell and it obviously culminated in Bielsa leaving uh, or well being sacked um, not not necessarily leaving but um, so yeah that's a bit of a warning for me they've got they've got good games coming up they've got Southampton at home another side though on the day you know Ward Prowse we know what an excellent player he is and then Watford Watford away um, yeah if they can get you know another win four points or you know six would be great in a hell of a strong position but I still think they might need a, a little bit just a little bit more yet I mean the one that if there's one team that I probably do worry about a little bit it's probably Burnley they've got games in hand and I mean it's going to be a tall order for them to stay up don't get me wrong, but they do have games in hand. I think the first game back after the international break is is Manchester City at home. But after that, they've got a decent. Um, they look like they've got a decent um, run in Burnley. They've got to play Everton. They've got to play Watford, and they've got to play uh, Norwich as well. So that's a little bit of a still a little bit of a warning for Leeds. But I think if they can, you know, get. You get four points or even, you know, hopefully six from, from the next two, they're in a hell of a strong place. Hmm. And, you know, once you get around that mid-30s, 35, 36, you'd hope uh, to have enough. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you, you mentioned the um, uh, the injury situation at Leeds. Um, how much yeah. uh, of a positive will uh, the, or how useful will the um, international break be for, for those players who are still recovering from injury um, at Leeds United? Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, first of all, it was fantastic to see you know Calvin Phillips and, and and Liam Cooper on on the bench. We all know about their ability and their importance during Leeds' rise to the, the Premier League, and obviously what happened last season. You know, the but the huge figures around the club and you know around the dressing room, and that will have added to the you know the real sense of sense of well being then. And you know, sometimes when you do when you do win you, you don't want the international break to come and I think in in the respect of Leeds with you know getting some real decent training into the uh, in, into the legs of the of the likes of Cooper and and uh, Phillips they can be you know in really good con- condition for you know when, when it matters obviously Leeds start again a week on Saturday against Southampton and um, you know get some more obviously Patrick Bamford He's he's had his little dip, dip in the water in terms of coming back at, at league level, but you know he's not going to be quite you know he's not going to be there in terms of match sharpness, match fitness. Use the time to get some more quality work in, into him, and you know hopefully considering the season which he has, I think disruption is probably the one of the main words you can use to describe you know Leeds' season. They've they've not quite handled it as as well as they did. Um, you know, last season and obviously there's issues in, in January. I think most people would have liked to have seen them strengthen a little bit more. They didn't. Uh, they didn't do that. But hopefully things can just come together in the in the nick of, nick of time. Get a decent pool of players to pick from. Um, you know, and get some points early, and then hopefully they might even enjoy a little bit towards the end of the season. Mm. Um, which which would be nice considering uh, you know a really difficult second season back in the big time yeah yeah 
And uh, next we turn our attention to the FA Cup and Middlesbrough's great cup run uh, unfortunately came to an end with a 2-0 home defeat to Chelsea. Um, they were never out of the game and Chris Wilder's team should feel confident that they're able to mix it with the best. Um, there are a couple of points off the top six, but with games in yeah. hand, uh, they will be hoping to retain this fine run of form uh, for the running, wouldn't you say, Leon? Yeah, I think it's been it's been a pretty good good cup run in in, in fairness, Mark. It, it was I went up on on Saturday to the Riverside and it it was a game too far in the end. Chelsea had too much um, too much class. I thought their attitude was was first class from the off. Um, they pressed superbly. They were excellent at the back. Um, I, th- I thought Thiago Silva was wonderful. He's you know thirty seven years old and and still immaculate and, and world class. And they had some. Had some top performers. They changed it around a little bit. They made five changes, but you can, you know, when you can still bring in people like Mason Mount and Zayek, it just shows the uh, the, the quality there. And um, you know, I thought Tottenham's approach in the previous round let them down a little bit, but um, Thomas Tuchel's a really meticulous guy. Leaves nothing, nothing to chance, and they were never going to be caught out um, by Middlesbrough. And you know, you look at the home form; they'd won nine in a row before. Um, Chelsea arrived and it, you know, it took the world and European champions to to finish that, and you know, deservedly, um, Borough were deservedly knocked out. But they still tried to play some decent football when when the court. It, it was just Chelsea's, you know, the touch, the poise, the sort of thinking wasn't on a bit of a different level to to Middlesbrough. But yeah, I mean, it was they can take a lot of lot of pride out out of that. Out of that cup run, and you know it was a bonus. I think. I think to be yeah, with me sort of pragmatic head on the game against Birmingham in the league four days before the Chelsea game was probably more important in the context of of Middlesbrough season than not. We've spoken about their away form. They'd not won away from home since winning at Black, Blackpool at the end of end of December. So they were seeking the first three points on the road in in twenty twenty two and. You know, psychologically, I thought that was a big moment going to Birmingham and off the back of getting a good point at Millwall, uh, a team who were doing very well at the minute, and you know, getting that that win at Birmingham, which meant you know, irrespective of what happened against Chelsea on the, on the Saturday, that was that was the main um, thing for Chris Wilder. They, you know, they, they've got nine you know nine cup finals now, and they've got some big games. They've got to play Fulham. They've got to go to Bournemouth. Um, an intriguing Easter game against Huddersfield Town as well, um, so I wouldn't. Uh, uh, you know, it would have been nice for Bur- for Borough to get to to Wembley for the for the semi final, but they've got another an, another route. You know, this season, you know, you look at the the race is about there's about ten teams in it, and I think we'll probably mentioned it mentioned it a few times in, the, in this podcast that the breaks come at a good time for a number of clubs and I'd include Middlesbrough in that um, in that bracket mm. hopefully get Riley McGree back who's done well for them in midfield he joined in January but unfortunately got an injury refreshing one or two of the key players the likes of House and the likes of, of Crooks and they'll be hoping that Paddy McNair he misses the uh, Northern Ireland's first game of the international break and I'd imagine Chris Wilder would be quite keen on him sitting out the second one as well he he came off with a bit of a bit of a foot injury against Chelsea not not too bad hopefully mm. so just hopefully get the players rested up for a 
a huge and really fascinating end to the season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, next we head to the Championship. Um, a South Yorkshire derby saw Sheffield United come out on top of Barnsley. Um, the Blades sit in the playoff positions with two points separating the four teams. Um, yeah. Barnsley remain 22nd, but now only five points behind Reading and safety. But with their next game being at home to Reading, um, they have a chance to close that gap. How do you see things developing once the teams sort of return to action after the after the international break? Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, I just touched on it that, you know, the, the break for different, you know, it's come at a good time um, for both of them. And you look at Sheffield United's home form and that really is buttressing their sort of playoff um, charge at the minute. I think they've won seven out of nine. and They haven't been beaten in any of their games either under Paul Hagginbottom at Bramall Lane. And it's really proven it, you know, a bedrock for them. Obviously, they, they, they're drawn against Blackpool in the midweek. They'd have 24 hours less than Barnsley to to prepare for the game. Um, obviously, issues as well, injury-wise. And I think for the for, for the Blades, it was just about just getting through um, by hook or by crook any way they could to get the three points and um, put themselves in, you know, in a, in a strong position for when things start again you look at the you look at the games they've got to go to Stoke when they return after the international break then they've got three home games in a row they've got to play QPR who who, funnily enough they've, they've yet to play this season so that could be an interesting one I mean they're a play, playoff rival as well and you know the daft thing is that they could end up even playing each other in the, in the playoffs in theory so they could end up playing each other four times in about a, about a month and a half but um, yeah that's that's the first one. And they've got Bournemouth and they've got Reading as well. And you know all the Yorkshire clubs. I did a piece on it the other day. They've all the teams in the in the mix for the playoffs: Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, and Huddersfield. They've all got um, more home games and away games left, and they've all been pretty strong at home. So you know that should hopefully be a a positive sign for for all those three. I think that psychologically as well, it was obviously Sheffield United needed a win for their own sakes, but. I think the sight of the, the bench as well. There were, you know, one or two players were, were coming back. Ollie McBurney came on. Um, you know, there were John Fleck as, as well. He was he was on the bench, had a little bit of an outing. Ender Stevens as well. That's significant. I mean, Paul Hagginbottom had been speaking for a few weeks about the fact that he got more first team players out than actually on the pitch. And, you know, there were one or two games you've noticed on the bench and injuries have really, really begun. Um, begin to buy for them so you know hopefully as well Billy Sharp came off as a precaution with a bit of a hamstring niggle got the two weeks to, to rest up and um, you know hopefully that should be okay one or two others as well might be back in the mix as well like Chris Basham Ben Davis and George Baldock and you know in, in an ideal world if they are back then Sheffield United have, you know they've got one of the Stronger squads in the division, even though they've got still got one or two players out for the season, the likes of Brewster and um, the Goldrick and Jaden Bogle. So they're in a decent, um, decent place again. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. You speak about Barnsley. It was, it was just one of those weekends for them, wasn't it? I mean, they're, they're coming to it on the back of that win against Bristol City. You know, um, a richly deserved win. Optimism was high, but it's their. Um, I mean, the home form is strong at the minute. I think they're unbeaten in in five at Oakwell. We all know about the importance of the Reading game next, but um, you know, as big as that is, I think they're still going to have to do 
they're gonna have to to get the way out of it. They're gonna have to, you know, get a result or two on the travels. They've only taken seven points this season away from home, and uh, you know that's that's really, you know, it's, it's really disappointing and, and and poor, and it's it's gonna have to improve a little. I mean, Barnes, they've got four home games left. They've got Reading, they've got Peterborough, the the two sides you would choose to play, you know, in the running. They've got Blackpool and they've got Preston. I think they're probably going to have to win three, you know, at least three of those. But I, I think they're going to have to pick pick up something on the road. And but you look at their away game; they've got some tough ones. They're going to go to Millwall. They're going to go to Huddersfield, and they've got to got to go to West Brom, who aren't totally out of it yet. So as as important as the Reading, I mean, it's said that you've got to really start off at the Reading game, and obviously they got a big win against Blackburn. No one was expecting that. And Peterborough winning at QPR as well, and so it's you know Barnsley really do need to um, need to win that. I mean, it was a, a big game against Reading last season in the context of getting the playoffs. This one's you know far bigger, and you know Reading, I think I, I, they could probably afford to, to to draw as well. But a win would really you know psychologically it'd be massively damaging for for Barnsley, but. You know they've been the positive thing is they've been decent at home of late. You know Carl Morris, the likes of Queener and and Bassey have, have come to the party and they've looked they've looked reasonably reasonably solid at, at the back. But you know there was little bits of game management. The first goal at Sheffield United when they switched off from a from a free kick. You know the the recent game against Stoke right at the death in stoppage stoppage time when they failed to clear the lines. The game management has got to be spot on against. Reading, and they've just got to, they've got to find a way. Mm. Because I mean, the, the way that I see it is from Barnsley's perspective, uh, those next four home games that you were talking about, two of them yeah. Yeah. are the teams that are closest around them, and they have to beat those that are around that are around them now, because otherwise, yeah. they're going to yeah. continue sliding, and they can't afford to. I think that's a simple equation, Mark. We can look at. I mean, at this time of year, we all look at the at the run-ins and pick certain th- things out and look for things. But I think the bottom line is that there have to be um, for, for for everyone's sake that they've got to beat Reading and they've got to beat you know Peter. But they're good games. You choose them if you were in Barnes's position. You would choose to have those two games at home. Not only would you know. Not only in terms of hopefully beating them but stopping them taking three points as well mm. and you know there'll be huge psychological in, you know importance if they can win those they're still in the fight and they can take it hopefully take it to the to the death and they've obviously we've spoken about it before they've got previous in that regard I mean obviously a couple of years ago who can forget what happened they were absolutely dead and buried and went to the final home games of the season against Forest that looked to be it then they popped up with a goal at stoppage time and then there was that wonderful encore at, at Brentford. So they're still in it, Barnsley. Was it, it will have been a blow for them at the weekend, obviously with the the result at Sheffield United. But what happened elsewhere, really? You know, with, with Reading and the next day, Peterborough. So they have to lick the wounds and go again. So it's the you know I do think they've got to look at it positively. It's probably the best game they could have next. They've got to be at home where they've been they picked up I think, 21 points out of out of the 28 this season. They've been at Oakwell. They're at home against the side just above them. It's it's almost like a cup final. Win that, and it, you know the the negativity can can really flip again, and it and it's game on. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, next, we turn our attention to Huddersfield Town, who saw their hopes for auto- automatic promotion suffer a significant setback uh, with a 3-0 home defeat to rivals Bournemouth. Um, after their 17-game unbeaten run, the Terriers have now lost the last two games and will be hoping uh, to be able to regroup over the next two weeks before their next game at Hull City on the 1st of April. Um, wh- what do you make of th- this recent sort of bump in the road for, for Huddersfield, Leon? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in mitigation, you, they've had some tough games, haven't they? They, they obviously went to Forest in, in the Cup. Forest have been... You know, one of the form teams in the division for for God knows how long. Really, you know, they're really flying under Steve Cooper. Obviously, got edged out there. A tough one as well. Then going to backing that that up, going to West Brom, who'd come off their first win of the of the Steve Bruce era. You know, they've still got some. They've had a struggle, but they've still got some quality players at, at West Brom. They're not quite out of the playoff race yet. That was t- a tough, intense game. And obviously, it was compounded by what happened at the end. There, you know, it was a game that Huddersfield had in the grasp, and, and they let it slip. Then they, you know, obviously go to Millwall. We spoke about them earlier. It's always a, a difficult game at the Den, but it's more difficult when the home team are really, really flying on a, on a surging, surging form. And you know, it can be. Um, it's an unforgiving place, and it's a physical test going to Millwall. The Huddersfield lost that, and then, then they're straight into another huge game against. You know, one of the best um, footballing teams in the in the division, and probably the side who've arguably got the best squad in in Bournemouth. So, yeah, massively disappointing. But I think there's, there's got to be some perspective here. I mean, nobody, you know, Stuart's mentioned it enough in enough times as well as as I have. They're, they're massively overachieving this season, Huddersfield. You look at the you look at them the previous two seasons, scrambling around to get fifty points, and. Um, yeah, you know, you know they've lost obviously lost back to back games now, but the loss against Bournemouth I think was the first home defeat since the end of November. I think it was the first in about nine or ten. So there's got to be context there. I mean, I, I did look on the um, probably not wise to really, but you do. I did look on social media up at up at Middlesbrough on Saturday when I was waiting for the kickoff, and I was you know a little bit perturbed by some of the negativity by some of the Huddersfield fans about about. Ta- um, you know, town's form, but they'd had you know, plain and simple. I think they'd had a just had a bad day and, a, and had a bad day against a very good Bournemouth side who were you know, he's probably gonna well, they look really likely to occupy the um, promote automatic promotion positions with with Fulham. So, you know, it's a time for getting behind the team, licking your wounds, and you know, a bad day at the at the office, I mean, the, you know, the breaks come at a good time for them, and you, you know they've been on a tremendous journey there. There was something like you know seventeen or eighteen unbeaten. They've had back-to-back losses for the first time since the end of, of autumn. There's got to be some context there, and um, context there. You know, they come back. They've um, you know got a, a game at Hull. Um, Hull have been struggling at home, haven't they? But if they, if they can win that, you know, it's it, it's looking. It's looking good again, but I do, I do think it's come at a, a good time for for players, the break for players to to rest and regroup and and go again. But you know what a tremendous season that Huddersfield are, are still having. Mm. You know, discounting what's happened in you know in the last few games. Mm-hmm. And uh, next, we actually turn our attention to Hull City, who went down three one at home to high flying Luton Town. Unfortunately. 
um, the defeat saw them drop to 20th, but with 13 points separating them from the bottom three, uh, they don't seem to be uh, uh, in much need of uh, worry about relegation. Um, how do you think Shota Arveladze will be looking at, at the rest of the season, Leon? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few things, really. There's, there's obviously quite a number of players out of contract there. By all accounts, there's going to be some discussions in in this international break with the with the representatives, but you know it's probably fair to say it's it's no bad thing for a manager. You know, when players are coming off contract, um, you know, Hull have got eight games left. They're not going to go down. You know, they um, you know they're, they're not in, in any sort of race higher up the, up the table. But there's still you know li- live things there for players. They've got to you know if they want to be part of the of the brave new world there they've got to play the way you know with, with performances to get in a, a new contract there's probably going to be a question mark over one or two of them as well you would have you would have thought so you know there's that aspect of it it's just disappointing isn't it we've had obviously the, the fanfare of the, of the takeover in, in in january and obviously there was the you know the home win against against uh, swansea everything was looking good but they've now lost Will have lost five, is it five games in a row at home, and I think it would have been five without a goal as well before Tommy's scored right at the end against Luton on Saturday. You know, this disappointing as well in the respect that one or two of the games have been, you know, they've been cheap offers for supporters. Clearly, the the, the new hierarchy there wanting to re-engage with with the fans there who've, who've maybe lapsed, and there was a lot of discontent with the the Alan regime. Some fans will have, you know, wanted to um, have another look and give the club another go, and it doesn't help when you produce a disappointing uh, performance at home. So, you know, that from a sort of public relations point of view, that is that is disappointing. But, you know, I think really it is difficult. I spoke to Hull's assistant Peter Van der Veen um, in a in a press call this week, and and he was right what he says. It's you know when you're especially when you're a you know a foreign coaching team and you come in halfway through a season into a championship where you know at the minute there is an international break but you know in usual times it's you know you've got a hell of a lot of three game weeks and and it's really it's about rest and recovery rather than having though that real quality time to implement your ideas on the training ground and you know all of a team you know they'll be our Valadza as well and Van der Veen will be keen to get to the end of the season and you know really have a break, get to the start of pre-season and really implement their their ideas of what they want and you know maybe bringing in some some personnel that they've the earmarked as as well. So you know sympathy in, in that in, in that respect that you know the championship is is unforgiving. There's, the schedule is. It can be horrendously difficult at times, especially when you haven't got much experience of it. But it'd be nice for everybody's sake that if Hull could get just get a couple of home wins before before the season's out, and they've got some decent tests as well. They've got they've got to play Huddersfield, they've got to go to Middlesbrough, they've got to go to Millwall as well. Um, some good some good games, but um, yeah, just just disappointing, isn't it? The home forms you know tailed off and and gone a little bit flat. And uh, next, we turn our attention to League One and Doncaster Rovers, who claimed a 0-0 draw with uh, Fleetwood Town, uh, which now keeps them in 23rd in the league and four points away from safety. Um, with it being so tight at the bottom of the table, 
do you think that they still stand a, a chance of survival? And how do you think they'll go into their upcoming game against Charlton Athletic? Yeah, I mean, you, you looked at these games, Mark, and they promised quite a bit, didn't they? I mean, Doncaster had beaten, I think by recollection, they'd beaten Accrington at the... They beaten Accrington at the end of, or in, or in late um, February, and it was the first home win since something like Christmas. And um, you know the, the games that were coming up, Cheltenham. They got a massive game against Gillingham at home. Going to Fleetwood as well. They were good games. We talk about Barnsley having the games against um, Peterborough and Reading. Decent games to attack, but yeah, disappointing, hasn't it? I mean, it's you know the defeat against Gillingham was a real. Real hammer blow and a real poor poor performance there, and you thought that you know they needed to go to sort of um, I don't know what the word to sort of compensate for for that. They needed to go to Fleetwood and get a and get a get a victory. But you know the results there. The, you look at League One and there's it's almost like a five team mini league, isn't it? Really, there's there's not just Doncaster are, you know struggling. There's a it's a real sort of war of attrition down there, isn't it? You've got Gillingham, you've got um, you got Fleetwood, um, Wimbledon. There's also Morecambe as well. Someone's still going to survive there, aren't they? I mean, you, you look at it. I think Fleetwood are 19, they're sixth on bottom. They've got 34 points. Um, Donny are second from bottom with with 30 points. So it, it's so so tight down there. And I think Doncaster have been fortunate in that regard because you know by. Uh, you know, in a, in a usual season, they would probably have been cast adrift. But it, it's it's a bit like a cat, a cat running out of lives, isn't it? Really, you know. Eventually, you know, if you don't get those wins, you, you, you're going to go down. You know, that you look at the game; they've got three out of four at home now. They've got to play Charlton. They've got to play Crew a little bit further down the line. So they're still in it, just about. They're just about hanging on. But it's more to do with probably the you know the fact that other others haven't sort of uh, you know taken advantage and um that one to me looks like you know a couple of slots might go down right to the end mm-hmm. and uh, next we turn our attention to Rotherham United um who fell to a surprising 3-0 defeat at the hands of Shrewsbury Town um this now narrows the gap between them between themselves and Wigan Athletic in second place to just a single point um, do you think they could do with the two-week break that they've got coming up before facing Charlton? Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a worry for for Rotherham, Rotherham at the minute. They had a real, but I, I still think there's as I've spoken about with Huddersfield, there's, there's a need for perspective. They had a bad day on Saturday against Shrewsbury, who, who gave them problems in the in the game at Shrewsbury not so long back at the start of March. You know, it was only a good performance by by Josh Vickers that, that got Rotherham a point there. So, yeah, they're doing it probably as tough as they've done it um, so far this season. And so, it's probably, yeah, I think it's good in that regard that they can maybe have a little bit of a, a rest to regroup. And, you know, the, ne- the next game is, you know, it's actually the final, isn't it, in the Football League trophy. They've, they've all, uh, you know, they've got Sutton at Wembley a week on, on Sunday. That'll be a bit of a, a, a change of focus. And even though it's not been... It's fair to say it's not Paul Warren's priority. There's there'd be a significant kudos there, wouldn't you? you? Go to Wembley if you can, you know, get over the line and get some silverware. You know that'll it, it should hopefully fuel them for the 
for for the run in. But you know, otherwise, if you don't win it, it could be it could be a bit of a blow. But yeah, I mean, they've just got to they've just got to dig in, Rotherham, and they've been good at doing that. They they were on a little bit of a wobble a week or two ago. They got a big win against against Lincoln, a two one victory, and they've just got to got to keep chiselling away. They've got some. You know some hard games coming up. They've got to go to Portsmouth. They've got to go to, got to go to Sunderland as well. But you know they're the sort. Of, they've got some very good professionals in that dressing room. We've spoken about before. They've got leaders, the likes of Richard Wood. They've got Michael Smith. You know they've got some. They've got some talented players as well. But they've, they've got some players who've been around the block at this stage of the season and know what it, what it takes to um, to get over the line. So a little bit of a switch of. Emphasis might be might be a decent um, thing for them, but I don't think anybody. I think the people in the knowing league one will be foolish to to write Rotherham off. You know, they're a, they're an organised, talented team who are together and they've got a strong dressing room. So I, I still think Rotherham will be okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, next, we turn our attention to Sheffield Wednesday, who maintain their pressure on the playoff positions after a nil-nil draw with Gillingham. Um, what do you think their their recent run of form? Uh, well, what do you think of their recent run of form, and how do you see them going into their um, game against Cheltenham Town? Yeah, I think it's a huge game, the the, the Cheltenham game, in the, uh, specifically for the reason that you know there'll be there'll be no real excuses if they don't win that one. Sunderland aren't playing. Uh, Oxford aren't playing either because of the international break. It's a big chance for for Wednesday there. To get that win and pile on the pressure on both of them, you know, it's a, we've talked about tight races in the championship uh, for the playoffs, and it's and it's pretty tight in in League One as uh, as well. But the, you know, there'll be no excuses for me if Wednesday don't manage to to get over the line there and get in the you know, the lead from the control level on points with Oxford if they win, and um, obviously move above move above Sunderland they've got to just pile on the pressure now while they're, while they're playing yeah disappointing I mean going to going, going to Gillingham fighting for their lives it was a sort of place where you just hopefully go and, and nick a 1-0 but they just couldn't manage to manage to do that you know they the, the, had the chance in the previous home game as well against Accrington if they'd have won that they'd have got into the into this top six so you know disappointing but you've got to look at, look at it in the round I think they've lost one in one in seven, they've lost one in fifteen at, at home. They'll have players to come back, you know, in, into into the mix. Hopefully for the Cheltenham game as well. The, you know, the, the squad strength is is pretty formidable in comparison to a lot of teams at, at that level. They've got the game against Cheltenham, and and then the following Saturday they've got a free week, and then the uh, then they go into the game against um, I think it's AFC, AFC Wimbledon at home. Two two teams that, with respect to them, for Sheffield Wednesday side, who are gunning for promotion at this time of year, they've got to be negotiated and ticked off, and you know to, to pile on the on the pressure on, on on others. You know specifically probably Sunderland, I'd say. Hmm. And uh, next we turn our attention to League Two. Uh, firstly, we go to Bradford City, whose winning run came to an end uh, when they fell to a 2-1 defeat against Port Vale, which was unfortunately their fifth straight home defeat. Um, do you think they now have to just consolidate their place in the league this year and just prefer, uh, prepare for a, uh, another push next season? 
Yeah, I think so, Mark. It's just so disappointing, isn't it? I mean, it's just, I suppose it just sums up life as a as a Bradford Bradford City fan. I mean, we, we spoke about, you know, the likes of, you know, Huddersfield and, and Rotherham having the disappointments last weekend, but it's it, it's certainly all relative, isn't it? When you look at you know you look at you know poor old Bradford, this was going to be the season when you know hopefully everything would would come together. But it's it's been a bit a bit of the same old story, hasn't it? Especially at at home, I think they've lost. I think he's lost five in a row and six of the of the last seven. And disappointing in the respect that obviously two great results on the road, going to going to Forest Green and winning, and also. Winning at, uh, at Hartlepool, and you know, there's a lot of the talk of the, the sort of Mark Hughes style permeating and starting to come through. You know, some more of a pure, pure football in eye-catching sort of sort of style of football, which you know most Bradford City supporters want to see. They want to be entertained as well as as much as it's disappointing this season about not being in the you know the, the sharp end of the table. I, I think a lot of them have been quite frankly bored by, by the fare that's been been on offer hmm. so yeah you just hope for their sakes they can get a few positive results hopefully at home before the end, end of the season allied to some good performances I, I think by all accounts there were there were some passages of play that have been decent in some of the recent home games the Swindon game they were unlucky to lose out of the death there but even parts of the of the Port Vale game you know they've got a, but it's 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 there is need there is some need for positivity, obviously for for many reasons. Reasons, but I think it's another one we've spoken about about our, our lads are at Hull. You know Hughes has come in late season at Bradford. He'll work with what he's got at the minute, but he'll really have you know he'll have his plans further down the line in terms of targets who he wants to bring in and, and mould into a side who who are really in his in his own image because. You know, with the greatest respect, they're not his players at the minute, are they? He's working with what he's got. Mm. And uh, he'll want to see who he can trust going forward next season. And, uh, you know, and a lot of attention will, will go towards, you know, recruitment and planning and, you know, bringing in players that he's comfortable with. Mm. So basically, we just keep a very close eye on um, on what Bradford City and Mark Hughes uh, do together in the off-season. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want, I mean, every side, Mark, they want even... Whether they're, you know, Bradford haven't got much to play for at the minute. It's, um, you know, you want you want to go into an off. You don't want to go into an off season, you know, with some difficult results and a, a, a bit of a bit of a flat flat spell. And you know, Bradford have had that sort of sticky spell, haven't they? You know, already had a sticky season and they had a poor end to, to last season. You know, you would just like to like to hope Touchwood that they can provide a little bit of positivity for you know. The long-suffering supporters there who've done it tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, for this week, we turn our attention to Harrogate Town, who were able to bring their um, uh, run of three defeats in a row to an end when they secured a late one-all draw with Walsall, uh, which saw Callum Kavanagh uh, score his first senior goal. However, um, they then recorded a three-nil defeat against Leighton Orient. What What do you make of Harrogate's season this year, and what will their main focus be heading into next? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a little bit of a strange one for Harrogate. They've got a lot of players who served them so well, didn't they? Coming up through the divisions, you know, remarkable story. You know, the, the successes at Wembley, getting into the, to the football league, and um, 
you know, they've still got a, a core of those players, but, you know, Simon Weaver's obviously conscious that, you know, he wants to bring in other younger players as well and build a, eventually he's going to have to build, build another side. And you, you just sort of wonder, it's been, I wouldn't say second season syndrome, but it's, uh, you know, there's been probably a bit more of a re- reality check, shall we say, this, this, this season. The form's been, it's been patchy, hasn't it? And, uh, yeah. You just wonder if it's going to be the, you know some of those players that will serve them so well might may eventually sort of move on really a little bit of a little bit of a crossroads and it's just it's been worrying hasn't it hasn't it really the form I think the seven without a without a win and they've they've had some sort of you know some beating some bad results along along the way so yeah it's a little bit of a, a worry in that regard and they'll just be hoping to you know to get a get a few positive victories before the end of the season they've got in the next two games they've got Scunthorpe and Colchester who were were both struggling down there so they seem to be in a little bit you know there's one one sort of old side who served them well sort of some of them are reaching the end of the time they're having to build build again but it it can be difficult in terms of results so you just hope for their you know their supporters that they can they can finish the season with with some decent results because you know some sides at this level, if you finish poorly in one season, it can drag on and there can be a hangover to the to the next season. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that Simon Weaver will be aware of that. Yorkshirepost.co.uk. Many thanks to Leon Robshaw, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or you can search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook. You can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.